Grace and peace to you friends. Welcome to the Oak Tree Journeys. My name is Mandy Oaks and this is the Encyclopedia Challenge. What is the Encyclopedia Challenge you may ask? That's a great question. The Encyclopedia Challenge is where I read the entire encyclopedia to you in bite-sized chunks. And uh, we're reading from two different encyclopedias. One is the New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary of 1909, and the second is the Encyclopedia Americana of 1956. And if you want to hear about the preface, um, I did read the preface of both of these encyclopedias. You can go to my website, theoaktreejourneys.com, and click on Encyclopedia Challenge. Again, that's theoaktreejourneys.com, and in the Encyclopedia Challenge, you will see not only the preface of both of these encyclopedias, but also any of the words that you've missed, links to the podcasts, links to the YouTube videos, we even have bonus videos. Um, right now we have two bonus videos. Uh, one is under Encyclopedia Challenge, and the second one is under Bonuses. And uh, we are going to have another bonus video, speaking of bonuses. Uh, before I get to that, though, I do have an announcement to make. In fact, two. Uh, one, thank you so much for those of you who've asked about my foot. It is healing. Uh, it's still swollen, but it's healing. I still can't run on it yet. Of course, it's just been a few days, but um, I'm anxious to get out and run. Uh, but it is healing. Thank you for asking. And two, uh, starting today... Uh, we are just going to have one main podcast per week. Um, I'm sorry about that for those of you who enjoyed listening every single day. Um, it's just not doable right now. Uh, I, I am going to miss it. I, I do love reading the encyclopedia every single day. But we are still going to have weekly encyclopedia challenge sessions and uh, plus any bonus videos. Now, to the bonus... Um, for those of you who, uh, this, that this is your first time listening, the bonus, the next bonus video is going to be a deeper dive into some of the words that we've already been through, or if it's a word that you are anxious to hear about or learn about, um, then we're going to go into that too. Right now we're still in the A's. Um, so we've got three from the A's. We have Abbotsford subsidiary rings and abnormal psychology and those are starred on my website theoaktreejourneys.com under encyclopedia challenge now the deeper dive is going to go beyond the two encyclopedias that we've already got i'll go to multiple sources other books um, blogs if i need to google searches may even go to wikipedia <laughs> Not sure yet, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see where the deep dive goes, uh, takes us. I'm very anxious about it. I love these, uh, I love learning about words, and I hope you do too. If you don't learn, uh, love learning about words, then you probably wouldn't be here, right? So, but yeah, if you have a word that you want to uh, take a closer look at, um, hit me up. If you're on YouTube, put a comment below the video. Let me know what word it is. Uh, if you're on the podcast, you'll need to go to theoaktreejourneys.com, 
and select comment or contact me and let me know the word that you want, want us to take a look at. When we have five or more words, that's when we'll do the deeper dive bonus video. So I'm very excited about that. As well as I am also excited about today's episode because it is going to be a little longer than normal. Um, we're going to try to get through a total of 46 words. Yes, you heard me right. 46 words. We're going to try to go through 21 before the break. Um, I know that's ambitious, uh, but I'm very, very excited and uh, since we're going to be doing this once a week, I feel like we can do more words. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes and, and where this takes us. Um, but without keeping you waiting any longer, uh, let's start with the word Acostus. So that's Acostus. And before break, we're going to go from Acostus to Accident. And then hopefully after break, Accidental Colors through a Courage. So these are amazing, amazing words in here. So let's get right down to it. Now we are starting with the Encyclopedia Americana of 1956 because the name, this isn't just a word, but it's a name. Acostas is not in the 1909 New Empirical, New Empirical, I don't know why I always say that, New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary. So let's, let's take a look at who Acostas is. In Greek mythology, the son of Peleus and the father of Lodomia, he participated in the Caledonian boar hunt and, the, and in the expedition of the Argonauts. And to revenge the death of his father, dethroned Jason, king of Yalcus. His wife, Astodemia, fell in love with Peleus, who had taken refuge with Estes. But since Peleus spurned her advances... She accused him of improper conduct to her husband. Does that sound familiar to those of you who read the Bible? Hmm. <laughs> While Peleus and Acostas were hunting on Mount Pelion, Peleus fell asleep, and Acostas, first removing Peleus's wonderful sword, left him alone in the wilderness. Chiron, however, rescued Peleus, who, who then returned and killed Acostas and Astodemia. So he just went and just killed them both, didn't he? All right, so that is Acostas from the Encyclopedia Americana of 1956. So let's take a look at our next word. And for that word, we need to go to the Imperial, the New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary. And that word is a catalytic. That's a catalytic, and it is an adverb. It means not halting short without defect. And in poetry, a verse having the complete number of syllables. So that's a catalytic. So next word is a catar or catar, which is a noun. Or a catatur, which is also a noun. And it means a purchase. In Old English, it's a purveyor. Acates, noun, plural, provisions, dainties. So it's uh, dainties. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the next word is a, a cowless. It's also, it's an adverb. And it means applied, it's in botany, applied to a plant without a visible stalk, stemless. A calescent adverb, having no stem, 
a callus. Okay. And next word is Acayacan, which is a town of Mexico, a military port about 100 miles south-southeast of Veracruz, having trade in Cochineal. Population is 6,000, or it was in the early 1900s or late 1800s. Okay, and the next word, uh, we're going to look to see what it says in the New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary, and then actually go to the Encyclopedia Americana to get the full definition, which there is a lot more to it than just what it says here. It's a cod. It's It just says Ancient Babylonia. That's all it says in the New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary. So let's turn to the Encyclopedia Americana. And let's see, I had it marked, and it looks like I unmarked it. Okay, so a cod, and that could be spelled two different ways. Um, it, the main way, it says, is A is an apple, C is in Charlie, C is in Charlie, A is an apple, D is in dad. Or, A is an apple, K is in kite, K is in kite, A is an apple, D is in dad. Okay, and it says the northern division of Babylonia as distinguished from summer or southern Babylonia. Akkad was well located commercially, and the nomadic Semitic peoples who came to the region during the 4th and 3rd millenniums BC soon became prosperous through trade. Akkad reached its greatest height when Sargon I, in the middle of the 3rd millennium BC, united the several city-states of Akkad, conquered the Sumerian peoples, and extended his power from the mountains of Elam to the shores of the Mediterranean Sea and into Asia Minor, the first great empire in history. After Sargon's conquests, the Akkadians adopted a more settled mode of existence, taking over many aspects of Sumerian culture, such as the calendar, weights and measures, cuneiform script, numerals, business methods, sculpture, and crafts. Following the fall of Sargon's dynasty, a joint nation of Sumer and Akkad controlled the Babylonian region for about three centuries. The Akkadian language, a Semitic tongue related to Hebrew and Arabic, was adopted to the spoken and written language of a wide area. The region of Akkad received its name from the royal city of Akkad, usually known as Agad, which was still flourishing in the days of Nebuchadnezzar about 1125 BC. The city of Akkad is mentioned in Genesis 10.10. The exact site of the city is unknown, although it was near Sippor, about 30 miles north of Babylon. So there we go. We got a lot, lot, lot more information um, from there than we did the uh, New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary. Okay, so let's go back to the New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary of 1909. And the next word is accede, which is a verb, or a seed. It means to agree to the proposal or request of another, to comply, acceding, acceded, synonym of accede, to assent, yield, acquiesce, agree, coincide, concur, that's my favorite word, concur, comply, conform, consent, accord. And the next word is I've practiced this several times. Uh, <laughs> um, it's it's a word for music. 
So all of you musicians out there, please forgive me. Um, Acala de... Let's see here. Accelerando. Just say accelerando. With gradually increasing velocity or movement. Okay. Accelerate. Verb. To add swiftness to, to quicken, to hasten, to cause to move faster, to bring on before its time as fruit, accelerating, accelerated, acceleration. The act of increasing speed or motion, the act of hastening, accelerative, also acceleratory, quickening, hastening, accelerator, he who or that which accelerates or hastens, synonym of accelerate, to expedite, quicken, urge, instigate, hasten, speed, dispatch. And to go with accelerate, ex <laughs> accelerate is accelerated motion. And this is, uh, we're going to see it in three different ways. The first one is in me mechanics. The second one is of the moon. And the third one is of the fixed stars. So in mechanics... It is motion in which the velocity is continually increasing. When the increments of velocity are equal in equal times, the motion is said to be uniformly accelerated. The best example of such a motion is that of a falling body. This is where it gets a little complicated, at least for me. The best, let's see here, it is found that, the near, that near the Earth's surface, a body descending from a static state of rest falls 16th, 16 one twelfth feet in the first second. Now a little consideration will show that at the end of the first second it is moving at the rate of 32 and a sixth feet per second. For since the velocity was nothing at first and increased uniformly, 16th and one twelfth feet must have been the mean velocity, i.e. the velo velocity at the middle of the time and therefore the velocity at the end must be double or 32 and a sixth feet by 32 and a sixth feet is thus the measure of the accelerative force of gravity. At the end of the second and third seconds, the velocity is found to be doubled, trebled, etc. And it does say trebled, uh, or 64 and a third, 96 and a half feet. Okay, so that's in mechanics. So accelerated motion of the moon... This is acceleration of the moon. It was observed first by Haley or Holly that at the time of the moon's revolution, revolution around the earth has for several thousand years been decreasing or her velocity has been increasing. This phenomenon remained for a considerable time inexplicable. At last, Laplace in 1787 discovered the cause in the varying eccentricity of the Earth's orbit, which has been on the de decrease since about 12,000 years B.C. Since that time, the moon has been gradually coming nearer to the Earth, and this will go on till 36,900 after Christ, when the eccentricity of the Earth's orbit will begin again to increase. Okay, so acceleration of the fixed stars is the excess of a mean solar day over a sidereal day, i.e. a day measured by the transits of a star over the meridian. The excess is about 3 feet 56 and a half inches sidereal time, or sidereal time. Okay? And remember, if there's anything 
here that you want to do a deeper dive on, such as acceleration of the fixed stars or of the moon or in mechanics or anything that we've already gone over, please let me know. Um, it, it would be interesting, uh, just kind of throwing it out there, um, to know what the new information is over the fixed stars and the moon. Okay, uh, just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> All right, and the next word is extendable, which is an adverb. It means capable of being inflamed or kindled. Extendability, noun. And next word is accent, and there are three different definitions of accent. So the first one is a noun, that which is sung with energy, the stress or force of voice put upon a syllable or word, the mark indicating the same manner of speaking, language or words, accent, verb, accentuate, verb, to pronounce a word of syllable with a particular stress or force of voice, Accenting, accented, accentuating, accentuated, accentor. In music, one who leads, accentual, relating to accent, accentuation, the placing accents on syllables, the act of pronouncing words and syllables properly. Accent in grammar, so here's the second definition in grammar, a special stress of voice upon one syllable of a word by which it is made more prominent than the rest. The accented syllable is sometimes indicated by a mark as a way fortify. Every word in English has one syllable thus brought markedly into notice. When the accented syllable falls near the end of a long word, there may be one or more secondary accents as in recommend, subordination. Sometimes these are so slightly marked as to be scarcely traceable. Accent depends upon force of vocal or articulative effort, not upon highness or lowness of pitch. Variations of pitch produce what lacutionists call inflection. The confounding of accent with a rise of tone and the contrasting of it with a sinking of tone has produced confusion on the subject, especially as regards the accents of the ancients. In English, many nouns are converted into verbs simply by transposing the accent as object or object. It is accent, not quantity, that determines English measures or meters in versification. No rule can be given as to what syllable of a word shall be accented. There is a tendency in our language to throw the accent towards the beginning of words. Emphasis is to sentences what accent is to words. It is a stress upon one word of a sentence to make it prominent. If accent is symbolic emphasis, emphasis is logical accent. Okay. Wow, that just seemed like a tongue twister there. Okay, so the third definition of accent is actually in music. Analogues with accent in language consists of a stress or emphasis given to certain notes or parts of bars in a composition and may be divided into two kinds, grammatical and rhetorical or aesthetic. The first kind of accent is perfectly regular in its occurrence, always falling on the first part of a bar. It is true that long or compound measures of time have, besides the chief accent in every bar, some subordinate accents, but these are only slightly marked. 
As a rule, the grammatical or regular accent should be marked only so far as to give a clear sense of rhythm. The aesthetical accent is irregular and depends on taste and feeling, exactly as, the, as does the accent and emphasis used in oratory. In vocal music well adapted to words, the words serve as a guide to the use of as aesthetical accents. Okay, and our next word is accept, a verb, to take, to take what is offered, to agree or consent to, to acknowledge or promise to pay as a bill, accepting, accepted, acceptor, acceptor, one who accepts, acceptable, pleasing or gratifying to a receiver, agreeable in person or by services, welcome, acceptably, in an acceptable manner, acceptableness, acceptability, quality of being acceptable, acceptance, the receiving with approval, a written promise or an engagement to pay money at a specified date, also called a bill of exchange, the meaning or sense of a word as generally understood, except or the person who gives a written promise to pay money, acceptation, reception, the meaning or sense in which a word or expression is generally understood, to accept service in law, to agree between parties that a legal writ or process has been formally served when such has not been the case. Synonym of accept, to receive, take, admit. Okay, and with accept comes acceptance. In contracts, an agreement to be bound by a proposition which has been offered. To complete the contract, the acceptance must be absolute and past recall. Acceptance may be expressed, as in the case where the party to be bound openly declares it, or implied, as where the party acts as if he had accepted. The offer and acceptance must be by some means understood by both parties, and this may be by language, symbolical, oral, or in writing, as deaf and dumb persons may con contract either by symbolical or written language, and at auction sells a nod or a wink and the knocking down of a hammer may legally complete the contract. Okay. Acceptance in a bill of exchange. The acceptance of a bill of exchange is the act by which the drawee or other person conveys his assent or intention to comply with and be bound by the request contained in the bill of exchange to pay the same. Or in other words, it is an engagement to pay the bill when due. The acceptance must be made by the drawee himself or by someone authorized by him. And such drawee must have capacity to contract and to bind himself to pay the amount of that bill. A bill may either be accepted at the time or before or after it is drawn. When the bill is presented, the drawee must accept within 24 hours or it should be treated as dishonored. On refusal to accept, even within the 24 hours, it should be protested. The acceptance may, however, be made after the time appointed for its payment. An acceptance may be in writing on the bill itself or on another paper, or it may be verbal. Acceptance also may be express, a positive undertaking to pay, or implied, where the agreement to pay is to be inferred by any acts of the drawee, as if he writes seen, presented, or the day upon which it becomes due upon the bill, this, until otherwise explained, will constitute an acceptance. An acceptance may be either absolute, conditional, or partial. An absolute acceptance is, is a positive agreement to pay the bill according to its ten tenure and is usually made by writing upon it accepted and subscribing the drawee's name or by either writing his name at the bottom or across the bill. 
In order to bind another than the drawee, it is essential that his name should appear. Acceptance, conditional acceptance, is one which will subject the drawee or acceptor to the payment of the money on a contingency. The holder is not bound to receive such an acceptance, but if he do receive it, he is bound by its terms. Except a partial acceptance is one which varies from the tenor of the bill, either in agreeing to pay only a part of the sum for which the bill is drawn, or to pay at a different time, or at a different place. Okay, wow. What a long definition. <laughs> okay, and the next word is access. So let me get some water before we go on to access. Okay, there we go. That's better. Access. Noun. Admission to, approach, or means of approach, and increase. Accessible. That may be approached. Affable. Accessibly. Accessibility. The quality of being accessible. Ascension. Noun. An increase. An addition. An arriving at. That which is added. The acquisition of authority. The coming to the throne of a king. Accession. Additional, accessorial, relating to necessary, accessory, aiding in doing something or privy to it, additional, anything additional, one that aids or gives countenance to a crime, accessorily, accessoriness, the state of being accessory, accession to the crown, the act of coming into possession of sovereign power, Synonym of accession, augmentation, increase, addition, enlargement. Okay. Accessory or accessory. See, in criminal law, one who is not the chief actor in a felony, nor even present at its perpetration, but who is in the some who is in some way concerned either before or after the fact committed. An accessory before the fact is one who procures or counsels another to commit a crime, he himself being absent. An accessory after the fact is a person who, knowing a felony to have been committed, receives, protects, or assists the felon. In sudden and unpremeditated offenses, there can be no accessories before the fact. And in all crimes under the degree of felony, there are no accessories at all, either before or after the fact, but all persons concerned therein are held to be equally guilty as principals. Presence and actual participation are necessary to constitute a person and an accessory. The mere fact of presence or failure to interfere to prevent the commission of a crime is not alone an indicatable offense. The person must act in concert, concert with the active party. There are no accessories in treason, but all are principles on account of the heinousness of the crime. Okay, so the next word is... Ascension in law, property. The ownership of a thing, whether it be real or personal, movable or immovable, carries with it the right to all products of the thing and to all that becomes united to it, either naturally or artificially. This is called the right of accession. The doctrine of property arising from accession is grounded on the right of occupancy. The original owner of anything which receives an accession by natural or artificial means, as by the gradual addition to the lands by deposit from rivers, the growth of vegetables, the pregnancy of animals, the embroidering of cloth, 
or the conversion of wood or metal into vessels or utensils, is entitled to his right of possession to the property of it under such its state of improvement, but the owner must be able to prove the identity of the original materials. See Alluvion in Law. International Law. Accession in international law is the absolute or conditional acceptance by one or several states of a treaty already concluded between other sovereignties. Okay, and it looks like we have two more words before break, and which I will definitely need break. <laughs> okay, and the next word is a noun. It's um, let's see, I did practice this word too. It's a Achia Tora. There we go. In music, and if I mess that up, I, I apologize. Uh, a grace note being a semitone below the note to which it is prefixed. Okay. All right, and the last word before break is, of course, accident, which is a noun. That which happens or befalls, chance, something taking place unexpectedly, an event not foreseen, a quality not essential. Accidental, happening by chance, casual. Anything non-essential, accidentally, in an accidental manner. Accidentalness, accidents. A book containing the, the declensions and conjunctions of words as their terminations fall from or succeed each other, applied to Latin or Greek grammars, or to any grammar, by accident, by chance, accidentally. Synonym of accident, contingency, casualty, incident, chance, of accidental, casual, incidental, contingent, fortuitous, occasional, unintentional. Okay, and uh, if you are on YouTube, you can see the screen of the 1956, the Encyclopedia Americana. Um, it, it does have a list of accidents. I'm not going to read that one um, because it is very, very long. Um, but there are two charts um, showing the accidents, the one listed on the screen. And for those of you listening on the podcast, um, it's just uh, basically injury rates by industries three from a three-year period of 1946 to 1948. So, and it, it goes through aircraft manufacturing to wood products. And it tells how, what the frequency rate is and the severity rate. Um, and there's actually, as I'm flipping, flipping through here, there's actually three charts. Um, but they list uh, accidents very, very uh, organized. Uh, and in fact, organized is in there. Organized accident prevention, occupational accidents. They go deep into accidents, uh, even accidental deaths, um, but we won't go into that one. Um, that was just, I just wanted to note that as a comparison. Um, so there we go. And now it is time for break and I will see you momentarily. And welcome back. Um, it's, this is actually uh, the second time I've recorded this, so it has been a few hours. I recorded the first uh, time uh, about after midnight <laughs> and uh, been trying to upload everything for the podcast all day today with the exception of going to Sunday school and, and church and 
and a babysitting, but uh, yeah, there were some problems. So now I have to re-record the second half um, of the Encyclopedia Challenge, um, and that's that's uh, it's okay. Uh, things happen, but it is kind of a bummer because we did celebrate in the first take. <laughs> I guess I'll say take now. The first take of this. But that's okay. We'll still celebrate. Um, we stopped at accident. And for you guys, that was just a few seconds ago. But for me, it was hours ago. Because <laughs> um, it's almost midnight now the next day. Uh, and I wanted to get this uploaded to the podcast at 8 a.m. today, Sunday. But that's okay. That's all right. Um, but before I do... Um, I know that I've got some writers out there who are listening, and if you are at Camp NaNoWriMo, you're almost halfway there, so I hope that you're chugging along and that the muses are kind to you and that you're able to write every single day and that you hit your word goal. It'd be great if you hit your word goal early, but if not, hey, as long as you hit your word goal, that's all that matters. So good luck to you uh, who are participating in Camp NaNoWriMo. And for those of you uh, who may be participating in it or who may not, if you are a writer, I did uh, open up uh, my honorable mention for Memories of the Chosen I'm from L. Ron Hubbard. So if you're interested, I, I did say that you could just kind of Google it, um, but I did pull up the website. It's really simple. It's www.writersofthefuture.com. Again, that's www.writersofthefuture.com. And if you've never submitted anything, or if you're just dabbling in writing, or if you're a writer uh, but uh, you want a little bit more training, they have this really cool free online workshop. Uh, it is really, really good. I did it. A few months ago, I think last year or whenever it was, whenever they first started it. And it, it was really good. Um, so if you are interested in something like that, I highly recommend it. And for all of you uh, sci-fi and fantasy writers out there. But even if you're not a sci-fi or fantasy writer, uh, you can still glean information from it. Uh, very good. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, so we stopped at accident. And the next word is accidental colors and all the the uh, new imperial encyclopedia and dictionary has to say about it uh, accidental colors is sea light that's it but uh, they at least they have something to say about it because the encyclopedia americana has zero to say about it it's not even listed in there <laughs> So that that's, uh, that happens sometimes. All right, so the next word uh, is accidents. And there are two different definitions of accidents. Uh, one is in music, occasional sharps, flats, and naturals placed before notes in the course of a piece. Okay. And the second definition of accidents is in logic, opposed to, opposed to essentials or to substance. An accident is a property of an object which may be modified or even be altogether abstracted without the object ceasing to be essentially what it is. But many of the distinctions made by the older philosophers between accidental and essential 
are fallacious. Okay, and the next word, uh, we have two definitions of it as well. It's a uh, axipatries, noun, plural, and it's Latin, acceptor is a hawk from a CPO ICs. In ornith, a term applied to the birds of prey as eagles, falcons, hawks, etc. Acceptor, noun, one of the birds of prey. A uh, in surgery, a peculiar bandage placed over the nose, so named from its appearance as the claw of a hawk. Accipitrin, hawk-like, rapacious. Okay, and the second term, uh, the second definition for accipitrice, uh means name given by Linnaeus to an order of birds, including, according to his system, the genera vulture, vulture or vultures, falco, which are eagles, falcons, hawks, etc., strix, owls, and Linnaeus shrikes and principally distinguished by a hooked bill, short, strong feet, and sharp hooked claws. The name has not been generally adopted by subsequent ornithologists, but the order, as a truly natural one, has been retained under the name rapaces, raptors, etc. The shrikes, however, being generally excluded from it. I have no idea what a shrike is. If you do, uh, feel free to let me know, or we can just wait till we get to the S's. And if you don't know and you want to know uh, more about a shrike, uh, what it is, what type of bird it is, um, and you want it to be part of our bonus, uh, let me know. Uh, go to theoaktreejourneys.com uh, to the contact me and let me know if that's one of the bonus words you want me to include. But completely up to you. <laughs> All right, so um, next we have excite. And I know it sounds like I'm trying to say excite, um, and I'm saying it wrong, but it's not excite, it's excite. And this is spelled A as in Apple, C as in Charlie, C as in Charlie, I as in Igloo, T as in Thomas, E as in Edward, and it is a verb. And it's, it, uh, it, from Latin, it's excitus, summoned, called, from ad co i move i excite so this is from old english to cite to summon to excite exciting excited okay acclaim is our next word so acclaim which is also a verb and in latin it's acclaim acclaimo i cry out to from ad claimo i cry out french acclaimer to proclaim so it means to call out, to applaud, a shout of joy or praise, acclaiming, acclaimed, acclaim, acclamation, noun, applause expressed in an audible manner, acclamatory, expressing joy, joy or applause, synonym of acclamation, outcry, exclamation, vociferation, bawling, shouting, tumult. Okay. And our next word is acclimate, which is a verb. Uh, it, it's also acclimatize, which is also a verb. 
It's Latin ac for ad, English climate, which see, French acclimator, to accustom to a climate. So it means to inure to a foreign climate, to accustom the body to live in a foreign country, to inure a plant or animal to a climate not natural to it. And let me pause there and say that in my uh, Encyclopedia Americana, I do have a note um, stating that a kudzu is a one such plant that has uh, acclimatized to our climate here in the United States, as well as honeysuckle. Uh, neither one are native, so I just have those as examples uh, for myself. Uh, I do write in my books sometimes, uh, just something I like to do. All right, and I find it handy, like, as in now. All right, so let's see, where do we have? Where did we stop? Okay. So acclimating, acclimated, acclimation, the act or process of becoming habituated to a foreign climate, acclimatizing, acclimatized, acclimatization, the act of inuring to a foreign climate, acclimation, acclimature, the state of being acclimated. So acclimature is the state of being acclimated. It's a pretty cool definition. Okay. So we do have another uh, definition for acclimatize or climate or clim climate, and this one's a little longer. All right, and it it's uh, after reading this or uh, almost uh, twelve hours ago, um, I can tell you that it says it goes into a lot more detail um, of civil civilizations and stuff like that. So let's go ahead and read it means to accustom an animal or plant to a climate not natural to it. The process varies widely according to the amount of difference between the old and the new climate. Where the difference is extreme, important changes take place in the constitution and are often attended with certain diseases described as, quote, diseases of acclimatization, end quote. Thus, European, Europeans settling in tropical parts are liable to disease of the liver, while natives of tropical lands, when resident in England, are exposed to pulmonary disease. The power of bearing changes of climate is greatest in the Anglo-German race, and usually bears a direct ratio to the intellectuality of a race. Civilized people display greater ingenuity and strength of will than savages in accommodating themselves to changes of climate, by making careful corresponding changes in their mode of life. Ulan and Humboldt assert that persons of and above middle age best stand transportation to tropical climates. Among animals, we find great powers of adaptation to various climates in the horse, dog, cat, rat, etc. Not sure what the etc. includes or entails. And among plants in the various cereals and potatoes and several weeds common to almost all climates. Yep. <laughs> but there seems to be a limit to the power at least as seen in the individual. To acclimatize beyond a certain point is the work of some few generations. Almost all the domestic animals now commonly spread over Europe, and even in high northern latitudes, were originally natives of warm climates. The change produced by the acclimatizing of animals may either be an improvement or a deterioration. Of the, of the latter, we have an instance in the Shetland Pony, of the former, we see an example of the merino sheep of Spain. As an instance of want of the faculty of being acclimatized, 
the reindeer may serve. Removed from the cold north to the fertile valleys of a temperate clime, and that is climb, uh, and that's not climb as in climbing something, it's C as in Charlie, L as in Larry, I as in Igloo, M as in Mary, and E as in Edward. The reindeer degenerates and dies. On the other hand, the horse, whose native land is the east, arrives at its highest development in England, and the Syrian sheep brought northwards as far as Spain becomes remarkable for its fine fleece. Spain, on the whole, has a climate much warmer than that of Cilicia and Pomerania, and yet the Moreno sheep bred in these countries have become superior to their ancestors imported from Spain. This is a proof that art may do very much in modifying the influences of climate. Silkworms, brought from China first into Italy, have been climatized not only in the south of France, but even on the coast of the Baltic. Recently, attempts have been made to acclimatize in France the llama, which is very popular right now, not really sure why, the, the vicuna and the alpaca of Peru, and with some success in the last instance, as alpacas have been found to thrive in the Pyrenees. It has been generally believed that the plants may become gradually inured to a climate so different from that to which they have been ac accustomed that if they had been at once transferred to it, they would have perished. On the other hand, it is maintained that each species of plant has certain limits of temperature within which it will succeed. I can attest to that because I kill more plants than, than anyone else I know, and I love plants. And, let's see here. And that alleged instances of acclimatizing have been merely instances of plants formerly supposed to be more delicate than they really were. But as it is certain that different varieties of the same species are often more and less hardy, it would seem that in the production of new varieties by seed, there is still a prospect of the acclimatization to a certain extent of species of which the existing varieties are too delicate to grow well in the open air. Of late years, numerous acclimatization societies have been formed, the best known being the Paris Société d'Acclimatation. Okay, so there we have it, acclimatization. And the next word is acclivity, which is a noun in Latin. It's from Latin acclivitas, a rise and ascent, from acclivus, ascending, from ad clivus, a slope. So it means a slope upwards, rising ground, the face of a hill in going up, declivity, the face of a hill in coming down. So we have acclivity, which is going up, and declivity, which is coming down. All right, and let me pause there. This just reminds me of, uh, I just recently bought my nephew a dictionary. He wanted a dictionary. His sister got a dictionary, um, so he wanted one. So I got him one. And uh, I was looking through it today before I gave it to him. And it has these little word boxes um, that tells the origin of the word. It tells all about the original word and where it came from. So the entomology of the word. And I thought that was really cool. Um, no dictionary that I had whenever I was his age. In fact, I don't even know if I had a dictionary when I, when I was his age. But, but uh, I wanted one, definitely. Uh, those of you who see my bonus video know that, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he really liked it, uh, and it was a cool dictionary, um, so I just thought I would, I would mention that, I thought it was really neat that they, that they did that, it, it was in a special little box with 
that was, I think, colored in blue. But anyway, it's pretty cool. Alright, so the next word is a cloy. So that's a cloy, which is a verb. And Latin, ac for ad. English, cloy, which see. So in Old English, it means to stuff or fill, to crowd, to fill, to, to satiety. A cloying, a cloyed. Okay, and now our next word is accolade. And we have two separate definitions for accolade. So the first one is a noun. In French, accolade and embrace, a kiss. From Latin, ad, column, the neck. Literary, a falling on the neck or an embrace. And it means the ceremony of conferring knighthood by a gentle blow of a sword on the neck or shoulder. The grandmaster in receiving the neophyte embraced him by folding the arms around the neck. Ad column. Now for this one, I almost forgot. Um, uh, but in this one, let's go to the Encyclopedia Americana because it has a fuller definition. So before I get to the second definition in the new imperial uh, encyclopedia and dictionary uh, for accolade, let's go to the Encyclopedia Americana and see if I can find Ah, oh, here it is. Accolade, French embrace, literally on the neck. In general, an embrace or honorific salutation, it refers specifically to the ceremony by which in medieval times a person was dubbed a knight. Taking on different forms, it has been made an embrace around the neck, a kiss or a slight bow upon the cheek or shoulder. In some cases, it was an actual box on the ear, for which later it was substituted a gentle tap on the shoulder with the flat of a sword. In conferring knighthood, the king strikes the kneeling subject lightly on the shoulder with a sword and uses the words, and everyone who studies knights or watches knight movies, I bid thee rise, Sir Knight. Which is so romantic. <laughs> I bid thee rise, Sir Knight. The term accolade is used also in music where it denotes a brace joining two or more staffs. In architecture, it signifies a kind of curve and a pointed arch. Okay, so we have it in the Encyclopedia Americana. So let's go back to the New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary of 1909. And the second definition of accolade is, in music, the couplet uniting several staves, as in part music or pianoforte music. So we had a little more information there in the music part. Okay, and the next word is accommodate. And before we read that word, let me grab some water because this one is a little longer. We're getting to little longer definitions and entries. Okay, there we go. Accommodate, a verb, Latin, accommodatus, which means uh, fitted or adapted to a thing. From ad, accommodatus, adjusted according to a common measure. From ad, con, together. Modus, a measure, a limit. French, accommodeur, to suit. Literary, to fit or adapt to according to measure. Okay, and it means to make suitable for, to adjust, to adapt to, to supply, to help, to lend, accommodating, adjective, disposed to afford accommodation, obliging, accommodated, accommodation, suitable convenience, adjustment as of dif differences, agreement, 
What is furnished to supply a want, accommodative, furnishing accommodation, obliging, accommodativeness, fitness, accommodator, noun, one who, accommodation bill, an instrument or bill of exchange drawn and accepted entirely with the view of raising money by its discount and not, as in the case of a bona fide bill, for value received or in payment of a debt. Accommodation ladder, a light ladder hung over a ship's side, okay, and the synonym of accommodate is to adjust, adapt, conform, suit, aid, assist, serve, oblige, reconcile, arrange, and the synonym of accommodation, so I'd say accommodation, but it's accommodating. So the synonyms are civil, polite, courteous, complacent, considerate, obliging. Okay. And the next word is accommodation. Okay. And it is the increase in the, refra in the refractive power of the eye due to the necessity of focusing the di diverging rays from, from near objects as in reading or writing upon the retina. The normal eye, when at rest, refracts the parallel rays. Those coming from objects 30 feet away or farther are practically parallel, so that they are accurately focused on the retina. But when objects near at hand are regarded, the refractive power of the crystalline lens must be increased by making its surface more convex, so that the rays which are divergent as they enter the eye, can be deflected more sharply toward each other and come to a point at the retina. So every time I read the word divergent, I think of the book or the movie. This process, which is affected by contraction of the ciliary muscle, is called accommodation. There are other theories concerning the process than the one mentioned, and it is quite certain that the mechanism of accommodation is not so simple as here described. As the lens hardens with age, the power of accommodation becomes proportionally reduced and is finally lost for very near objects so that the book has to be held further from the eyes. This is the beginning of presbyopia or farsightedness, and glasses are necessary for its correction. Okay, and that was accommodation. Not, not what I expected the first time I read it. Okay, and the next word is accompaniment I'm just checking my notes to make sure that that's okay all right so yes accompaniment and it's in music the performing with the vocal or with a solo part of other parts for harmony or effect it may consist of a whole orchestra or a single instrument or even subservient vocal parts it serves to elevate and beautify and is subject to certain rules for composition as well as for performance it must be subservient and therefore should not predominate. In this point of view, so here we go. <laughs> I remember this one. <laughs> In this point of view, modern composers has often erred by making the accompaniment too full and causing it to stand out so independent and engrossing that the principal part is lost. This abuse not only destroys the effect but also tends to ruin the vocal organ of the singer. In proper accompaniment, 
After faithfully fulfilling its duty, there always remains opportunity enough for display in the ritornelles and symphonies. The Italians in their best period were celebrated for the simplicity and effectiveness of their accompaniment. Now they have entirely lost this claim. In accompaniment, the composer must keep three principal points in view, namely harmony, rhythmical figure, and suitable choice of instrumentation in respect to number and character of tone. But all must be subservient to the ruling character of the part accompanied. It says C figured bass or bass, figured bass. There it is. <laughs> so there we have it. That is a, a very opinionated entry, <laughs> but I love it. I, I love the opinionation in it. And the next word is a company. And remember, we are going over um, a lot of words today. Um, I know at the beginning, uh, the first part of this, I said we were going over 46. But in my first recording of this, I found out I miscounted and it's actually 48. Um, it would have been 47, but I added one from the Encyclopedia Americana that the, that the New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary didn't have. Okay. So we ha we are on number 38 which is a company and that is a verb it says of a companion to associate with to associate with french and companion to accompany from compagnie company latin ac for ad mid latin companion a tent companion or company from calm together with penius bread okay now the definition or the entry is to go with as a companion to attend or escort to be an associate accompanying accompanied accompanier accompany accompaniment noun that which accompanies or attends something that attends or is added by way of ornament or improvement in music which we just heard <laughs> uh, the subordinate parts or parts uh, generally instrumental, which perform with the singer for harmony or effect. Accompanist, noun, in music, the person that plays an instrument to accompany the voice. Synonym of accompaniment. Concomitant, adjunct, and companion. Okay. The next word is accomplice, noun, Latin ac for ad, mid-Latin complices, associates in crimes, accomplices, from con plico, I fold, French complice, privy to. Okay, and the entry is very short. A companion in doing something wrong, a confederate, usually in an ill sense. Synonym of accomplice, an accessory, confederate, assistant, coadjutor, associate, a better. See approver. <laughs> so for accomplice, it says to see approver. And the next one is accomplish. So you can't accomplish the crime without your accomplice. <laughs> All right, so verb. Uh, it's, uh, it says French accomplissant, accomplishing, mid Latin accomplio, I complete fully. From Latin ad complio, I fill completely. From Plio, I fill. Okay, so the entry is 
to fill completely, to complete, to finish, to bring to pass. Accomplishing, accomplished. Rich in acquired qualities and manners, elegant, refined, accomplishment, noun, the finishing entirely, attainment, fulfillment, completion, polite manners or education, accomplishable, accomplishments, noun, plural, polite acquirements, synonym of accomplishment, or excuse me, a synonym of accomplish, to effect, that's effect, not affect, but effect, execute, perform, achieve, fulfill, realize, furnish, acquit, perfect, obtain, complete. Okay, and the next word, uh, it actually shows two um, in it. It says accompt or competent. And it says it's, this is interesting. Um, all it says is old spellings of account, etc., which see. And that's S-E-E. So I just thought that was really neat that a compt and a competent are just old spellings of account. And the next word, and we're on our 43rd word, is accord, which is a verb. And it's a mid-Latin accordier, French accorder, to make, a bar- to make a bargain to agree, from Latin ad, cor, the heart, cordis, of the heart. Spanish accordar, Italian accordare, to make, to agree from the heart. To make, to agree, or correspond, to grant or give, to be suitable. Agreement, consent, harmony, according, agreeing, granting, suitable. Accorded, accordance, agreement with a person, conformity. Accordant, agreeable to, corresponding to, accordantly, accordingly, agreeably, suitably, in conformity with, according to, preposition phrase, own accord of one's own free will voluntarily. There we go. Okay, and the next word is accordion, noun, from accord to agree, which see. A keyed wind instrument producing musical tones by the vibrations of metallic tongues while wind is supplied by the action of bellows, so named from its agreeable sounds, though it is but little better than a toy. <laughs> So all you accordion players out there, this uh, encyclopedia and dictionary says the instrument's a little better than a toy. The concertina and the harmonium are superior instruments constructed on the same principle, the action of a gust air on metallic tongues. Accordionist, noun, a performer on the accordion. So I have to say, uh, whoever was chosen to write the musical definitions uh, and entries in this uh, was very had deep a deep passion for it and was very opinionated, uh, which is very interesting to see. And uh, the next word is, and I just realized I skipped over um, one of the words from the Encyclopedia Americana. Uh, let me go back before we move on. It should have actually been between a compt and a compton and a chord. So let me go back to the Encyclopedia Americana. So I, uh, I just decided to add this um, word during the first one, the spur of the moment. It's actually a name. And I, I thought she was really interesting. Her name is 
Acarabona. Oh, let me try that again. Acaramboni. Acaramboni, last name, and her first name is Vittoria. Not Victoria, but Vittoria. So, Vittoria Acaramboni. And her name is on my website, theoaktreejourneys.com, if you want to check out how to spell it. But she was an Italian lady famous for her beauty and eventful life story. She was born in Gubbio near Perugia, Italy, on February 15th in 1557. She died in Padua, Italy, December 22nd of 1585. Now, now her uh, life was very interesting. So, uh, here it is. Her contemporaries thought of her as one of the most fascinating women of Italy. Paolo Giordano Orsini, Duke of Bracciano, who was believed to have murdered his wife with his own hand, sought hers with her passionate acquiescence. But her father gave her to Francesco Peretti, nephew of Cardinal Montalto. Peretti was assassinated and Vittoria fled to Bracciano, whom she married secretly in 1581 and after overcoming the opposition of Gregory XIII publicly in 1583. So she had to marry him in secret and then she remarried him in, uh, in public. Montalto becoming Pope as Sixtus V, the couple took refuge in Venetian territory. After a few months' residence at Salo on Lake Garda, the duke died, leaving her almost the whole of his great fortune, but an incest relative of his, Ludovic Ludovico Orsini, had her murdered at Padua, whither she had removed. The commonly accepted facts of Vittoria's life are related in D. Ginali's Vittoria Acaramboni, Florence, 1870, leaving her much on the level of other passionate, unscrupulous women of the Renaissance. However, there is a flip, flip side to this. However, Countess Evelyn Martinigo Sarasco has re-examined the evidence in Vittoria Acaramboni in Lombard Studies, London of 1902, and thinks her innocent of complicity in crime. Much literary use has been made of her story. Among the most celebrated instances are John Webster's play, The White Devil or Vittoria Corambona in 1612, and Ludwig, Ludwig Teek's romance, Vittoria Acaramboni in 1840. So there we go. And she does sound like a very interesting person, and I didn't want you to miss out on that, on her. Um, so she is listed on my website, theoaktreejourneys.com, and she's listed between uh, numbers uh, 41 and 43, so she's number 42. Um, but let's see here, we're already on number 45 because I accidentally skipped her. So on 45, we have a cost, which is a verb. French, accoster, to join side to side, come up to, from mid-Latin, accostier, to adjoin, to touch at the side, from Latin, ad costa, a side, Spanish, accostar, Italian, accostare, literary, to set oneself side by side with another. Okay, and we are back on the, uh, the new uh, Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary. 
Okay. And the entry is to speak first to, to address or salute, accosting, accosted, accostable, fit to be accosted, easy of access, synonym of accost, to salute, address, greet, hail, or welcome. Okay, and our next word. And we're almost done. We have three more words. And uh, then we'll celebrate and you'll find out why. Okay, in the next word, I had trouble with it the first time. And let's see if I can say it better this time. Akashir, noun. French, from French, ah, Latin, ad to. French, couche, a bed. Latin acrad, colicieri, to lie down, to lay, and OF might be Old French, a cashier, to lie down in bed. Okay, but a cashier means a surgeon that attends women in childbirth, accouchement, noun, lying in childbirth, accouchus, accouchis, a midwife. So we have a cashier who is a man who helps women in childbirth, and then a cushies, who is a midwife. Okay, so the next word is account. Now, the reason why we celebrate is because of this word, because in the Encyclopedia Americana, after a year of putting the encyclopedia down, picking it back up, putting it down again, and picking it up, I finally, finished, I finally got up to accounting. Now, accounting is not in its own entry in the New Imperial Encyclopedia and Dictionary. But the accounting in the Encyclopedia Americana of 1956 is pages and pages of legalese from the 1950s. So we're not going to read it, but it did take me a long time. And so within 21 days, uh, we're, we, we will have read more this time around than I did in over a year doing it myself. So that's why it's cause for celebration. So yay! So let me go ahead and read it. Account, noun. Old English, compte, to tell, to recount. From Latin, ad, compatir. French, compter, to sum up, to reckon. This word was formerly written, accompt, means a sum stated, state or result of a summing up, a sum stated on a slate or paper, a narrative or statement, regard, profit, worth, consideration, Advantage, explanation, a statement of prices, expenses, etc. B. To reckon or compute, to judge, to esteem, to value, to give reasons, to explain, to be liable. Accounting, accounted, accountable, liable to answer for one's conduct. Accountability, noun being liable to answer for one's conduct. Accountably, accountableness. Accountant, one skilled in accounts and general bookkeeping, one that audits the books and prepares balance sheets of public companies. Accountantship, noun, the office of an accountant. Accountancy, noun, the state or condition of being an accountant. To turn to account, to cause to yield a good return, to produce advantage. To find an account, let me just pause real quick. To make it worthwhile. To open account, to have one's name entered in the books of a trader, merchant, or banker as a customer. To give a good account of them, to deal with them so as to defeat their schemes and punish them. To make account of, to value, to esteem. To account of, to pay in behalf of. To make of no account, to consider of no importance, not to take into computation. 
on no account, for no possible reason or consideration, on account of, for the sake of, in behalf of, for the advantage of, account current, a plain statement or bill of particulars showing the debit and credit sides of business transactions between two parties for a given time, account days on the stock exchange, the settling days in which money differences are arranged between brokers, accountant general, an officer of chancery who is appointed to receive all the money paid into that court, synonym of account, noun, computation, reckoning, recital, value, relation, detail, advantage, consideration, importance, narration, narrative, explanation, description, end, sake, bill, record, history, tale, memoir, story, of accountable, amenable, responsible, liable, answerable, obnoxious. Okay, so there we have account. And we are going to do one more word. And before we do, let's go, yay! (laughs) Because this is one more word than I got through over a year of reading the encyclopedia, of trying to read the encyclopedia um, by myself. So here we go. A courage. And this is a really good one to end on. A courage. Verb. Latin, ac, English, courage. In Old English, to animate, to encourage. A court, verb, Latin, ac, English, court. In Old English, to engage in earnest courtship, to show acts of courtesy. So, a courage is to show acts of, of courtesy. Okay, and with that, uh, we will end there and we will begin next week. Now, remember, um, I'm only going to do this weekly now um, because of unforeseen things. Um, but, Akatur. Akatur, yeah, Akatur, it will be the word for next week that we will start with, um, unless I find one in the Encyclopedia Americana that is not in here. All right, thank you so much for joining me, and again, uh, if you are a writer, um, up-and-coming writer, uh, and you write sci-fi or fantasy, and you, and, uh, you need a contest to go to, uh, Writers of the Future contest is a really good one, um, and they also have a free class online. Uh, and no, I'm not getting paid to to say that at all. Um, I really do believe that they are a very good class. I took the class myself, and it was really good. And that website is www.writersofthefuture.com. Um, and thank you so much for joining me. Uh, don't forget uh, to send me a word that uh, you want me to do a deep dive in. It could be one that we've already gone over or one that you're just curious about and you just, you're just you just so anxious. Uh, you just can't wait, you know, even if it's in another letter. So I look forward to hearing from you and thank you again and have a blessed day.